it was at break even for the longest time until we hired the VP of marketing and I gave her a marketing budget and now we're going to be burning through a fairly decent amount of cash. But thanks to the historical sales of my web's product, I have a reasonably decent war chest of cash and can fund it for long enough to get our unit economics on the new target audience figured out. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Trent Deersmid. He's a serial entrepreneur, husband, and father. In addition to hosting the Bright Ideas e-commerce podcast, he's the founder of Flowster.app, a business workflow management application used by thousands of e-commerce businesses around the globe. In 2019, his e-commerce business ranked 254th on the Inc. 5000. All right, Trent, you ready to take us to the top? You betcha. Let's go for it. So just to be clear, are you also running an e-commerce business and you use Flowster to grow it? Correct. The e-commerce business was the one that was created first. And then there's a story of how one led to the other, but the the short version is the one did lead to the other and Flowster was created and released to the public in fall of 2018. And the e-commerce business was created in the summer of 16. Okay. So let's start with summer of 16. What was the e-commerce business? So it's a business that is an Amazon reseller. Nothing particularly unique about it other than the way that we went about it. And the way that I went about it was to take a very process-oriented approach to growth. So we began by documenting every single one of our processes, and then we made extensive use of virtual assistance overseas. That resulted us in us being able to basically out-hustle our competitors, and that's what led to the company being on the Inc. 5000. Okay, so let's start with the headline and then work backwards to the documentation and the VAs. What was revenue when you guys reported to Inc? Uh, 3.1 million, I think it was. And what year was that revenue? Uh, that was 20. Well, that was, we, we got the award in 2019. So whatever, I think that was the three year number. Okay. And what were you reselling mainly? What was your best selling product that year? Supplements. Supplements. Interesting. Okay. Now let's work backwards. You out executed with documentation and cheaper overseas VA talent. Why were you so good at documentation for someone listening right now that wants to get good at documentation for hiring VAs? What would you recommend? So not my first rodeo. I built and sold a company before and very early on in my, in my first journey, I read Michael Gerber's book, uh, the E-Myth and I was immediately intoxicated with 
the idea of documenting processes and delegating because my primary driver, Nathan, is I don't live to work. I work to live. I'm an entrepreneur first and foremost to design a lifestyle that I want. And that lifestyle means that I don't want to be bogged down in minutia every single day, day after day to run my company. So how to literally walk me through a, a process you documented and how you documented it. Are you using Google Docs and then copying that out into a VA system? Like get, get us into the weeds a little bit here. Sure. So in the beginning, it was very simple. Uh, we use, we started with Google Docs. Uh, I would simply take my 27-inch monitor and I would take a, a browser on the left and a browser on the right. And in the left-hand browser, I would do the thing that I didn't ever want to do again, the process. And then I would just screenshot the hell out of everything that I was doing and I'd write detailed instructions. So instead of if that thing was going to take me 10 minutes, creating the process might take me three hours, but then I don't ever have to do it again. And in our case, one of the things that we started with was, well, how do we identify competitors on Amazon? How do we research products on Amazon? And it's a, there's a very sequential process to doing that, to finding these product products that made economic sense for us to carry. Uh, it's very laborious. And, and so that was the first thing that I delegated. And how did you know that it would be a competitive advantage to document that process and have a VA to do it and the economics associated with paying that VA versus a smart developer coming along and a competitor to you and writing, you know, a macro or something to do the same thing? So I suppose a developer could have run a macro and I'm not a developer, um, so I can't speak to that specifically, but I know that in the Amazon reseller space, the vast majority of the competitors are not particularly tech savvy. So I didn't have a bar that high to climb to. I see. What I realized is it's basic B2B sales. The more appointments that I could get with prospective brand partners, the more opportunities I would have to give my pitch and the more times that I would get somebody to say yes. So that's just really basic stuff. And I thought, well, I just need to send a lot of emails. I need to, I need to identify a lot of products. I need to run them through a set of mathematical filters to create a short list. Then I need to get all the contact information for the correct person at each one of those companies so that I can send them an email with the right message. And I needed to do that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times a week. And as you might imagine, that's a fairly laborious process and I didn't want to do it because it's really, really mind numbingly boring work. So I decided I would document every last little minutia detail of that and then hire a little army of virtual assistants to do it for me. And as the ink plaque on the wall behind me would attest it, well, actually we have two of them now, it, uh, it worked pretty, pretty well. How did, how long was the document that, that one process? Well, I, what I just described was actually multiple processes. So the first step is, finding competitors. And that was really only like a six or seven step process. And then we have a process for called product extractions and I'm going from memory. I don't have it on the screen in front of me right now, but that was probably a 35 or 40 step process. And then there's another process after that, which is finding the contact. Well, actually we put, then we put all the, the data into a spreadsheet and the spreadsheet had these macros or pre-made formulas in it. So it would automatically do all the math. And then for the products, which were one row for each product, everyone that passed muster, then there was another process given to yet another VA to go and find the company, find the executive on LinkedIn, find their email address, validate the email address. And then we would have a fin another, then they would all be imported into our HubSpot CRM. And then we used yet another application to send the email messages out in bulk to those people. 
And that was repeated week after week. Interesting. I love this. Okay. Uh, so that's helpful to understand. At some point you did get tech savvy though, because you built a SaaS tool called Flowstrap. When was the first line of code for that written? We started coding in uh, middle of 2017. Okay. And, and how did you get your, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say it happened because I was, so as a result of the first year success we'd had with the reseller business, I was invited to speak at a conference with approximately 500 other Amazon resellers in the audience. And I took an hour and I explained what I've explained to you, but obviously in more detail. And I said, Hey, everybody, I don't have anything for sale. I'm literally just going to fire hose you with information. So good luck. And I, I had no plans to start a software company. I never thought that people would want to buy copies of these procedures. Well, much to my surprise, my assumptions were incorrect. I was inundated with requests after that talk of would I sell copies of all of these procedures that I developed? And so we thought, well, sure, we'll try it out and see how it goes. Well, we sold $412,000 of them in the first seven days. It was at that moment that I had the, the light bulb go on and I thought, well, that's going to be a thing and we want to do more of that. So I immediately called a good buddy of mine who had built and sold his software company. He was the technical guy. And I said, this is what happened. I want to build a software company. And he said, I'm in. And you already had the specs because the specs for the process. Correct. Interesting. Okay. So, so I think we have an idea, but what does Flowster app do for e-commerce Amazon sellers today? So it is twofold. One, you have the application itself, which is a process management application. So in theory, anybody in, in any industry could go into the app and they could document their processes for all the things that are known in advance and highly repeatable. And then they can assign them to people on their team and give them due dates and all the things that you would expect. The second layer is the content. And this is the layer that's really critical to our success in e-commerce and to our desire to, to build uh, to get more traction in the e-commerce industry. As you might imagine, creating processes from scratch, it's a lot of work. So we had the benefit of already having, having created, I think at the time there was about 70 or so of them because we, we were in that business. We needed them for ourselves. That took a year to create that first bit of content before it was ever even publicly available. So the big benefit of Flowster for e-commerce now is that you can go and sign up and you can immediately tap into our Amazon seller playbook and you can get all of these proven processes and you can add other users from your team and you can literally just say, okay, so this process here is going to be assigned to Dave and it's going to be due on Thursday and Dave will get a notification from the software. He'll look at the process. It's so incredibly detailed that there's no additional training provided. You literally just start doing the things, check, 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 and working your way through the checklist. A lot of you guys will ping me out of the blue at asking for help selling your software companies, but I'm not a broker and I'm really focused on founder path right now, not helping folks sell their companies. So I'm always looking for great tools to recommend for you guys to quickly figure out what you could potentially sell your company for and how much cash you could get. That's where Flippa comes in. Now here's my thing about brokerages, especially for selling your company. You guys should not have to pay a 10% brokerage fee when you put your blood, sweat, and tears into building your company for years that have a sale. All smart founders know though that the best way to maximize price is to have multiple options. So how do you get multiple options, multiple bids on your company without paying a broker 10% or more? Well, I recommend Flippa because they have the largest list of buyers for these sorts of digital assets, which almost always guarantees a bidding war. 
I tell my founder friends all the time to try Flippa's valuation calculator to see what their company is worth. And I encourage you guys to do it today. Go to nathanlacka.com forward slash Flippa right now to test out the valuation calculator for free. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash F-L-I-P-P-A. I'm in the Flowstrap right now. I open up one of the templates, the workflows. There's also a marketplace, but I go into templates. I click on finding competitors on Amazon and there's a sort of a split screen. The left side is the checkboxes. The right side are the screenshots. This is look, almost looks like coded versions of your early Google Docs when you were building your supplement reseller business. Those steps say things like number one, find prime sellers. Number two, analyze the sellers. And then step three says, check if seller has not been previously extracted. If your system Mm -hmm. works so well and everyone signs up for it, doesn't it get to a point where the systems don't work because everyone's running the same process? In other words, everyone's already been extracted. In theory, you could make a case for that, but the numbers are so, so huge that there's not enough everyone's to do it. So if you think about the Amazon marketplace, there's a half billion products and there's always new products and there's always new brands every single year. And there are, last count that I've heard, 6 million odd Amazon resellers, but only 4% of those Amazon resellers, Nathan, ever exceed $100,000 a year in revenue. Hmm. So we're talking about, yeah, there's lots of competition, but, and, and I only have, you know, and, and I only have so much reach because we're not, we're not running crazy amounts of ads for this. Most of the promotion of the product that we're talking about is done via one affiliate. So there's literally only a couple thousand people a year who even know that it exists. Now that happens to generate millions in sales for us, uh, which is great from cash flow and funding the growth of Flowster and so on. But historically speaking, it hasn't it hasn't made our business any harder. Uh, there are other factors to do with the Amazon marketplace, just competition in general, which on their own make our business harder. But I did not see any negative impact to our business at all once the uh, that collection we call it webs it stands for wholesale e-commerce business systems it's just a collection of content that a reseller would need to run and scale their business and we didn't experience any negative impact as a result of there's been about a thousand people now that have bought it and trent are this is it all SaaS model so you have about a thousand customers paying monthly for it so at the time no it was this was sold on a one-time fee Okay. Um, yeah. That's because, a 412 early on. Because I didn't have a SaaS when I sold it initially. Um, and so we continued, we didn't want, it wasn't broke. We didn't want to fix it. So we continued into this day for that customer segment, for that product, they still pay a one-time fee and then they get Flowster basically included for free for a year. Now going forward, we're launching a derivative of that product to an entirely different market segment. And that's the brand owners themselves. So instead of like the first market is the reseller, it's this you know, small company that wants to partner up with brand owners who own all the products that are sold on Amazon. But there's a trend in the Amazon marketplace, and that trend is this. The manufacturers of these goods, brand owners, more of them are wanting more control over the Amazon channel. So that means that they're going to start opening their own Amazon Seller Central accounts. And we see there being an opportunity for us because they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to run Amazon. It's a complex sales channel. So we're creating another version of this product specifically for them. 
And so, that will so just, be sold exclusively on subscription. Okay, got it. So just to be clear, right now you have an info product on steroids, and I would say top 1% sort of steroids. There, There's no option right now. There's no one paying your recurring fee for Flowster. No, we do. Flowster does have recurring revenue because uh, two things. One, when you pay for the content one time, included in the first year is the annual subscription fee. But in year two, you've got to fork it out and pay for it. So so, so how many have done that? That's what I'm trying to get at. How many are paying you monthly okay, so or annually? We have, we have about 5,000 users on the platform. We run currently a freemium model. About 500 or 600 of those users are in an active subscription at this point in time. 500. Okay. So 5,000 have paid the one time to get the set of documents. That's the first test you ran from stage when you presented and people asked, can I buy nope. this one time? Okay. 1,000 people have paid the one-time fee. Yep. How, where did the other 4,000 come from? Um, my podcast, SEO, people just find Flowster and they go sign up for it. They Free users on Flowster. Correct. They didn't, they're not necessarily an Amazon reseller. They're not, they don't even maybe know what webs is. They literally just found Flowster. They looked at the homepage it resonated with them and they thought, I'm going to give this thing a try. I see. And of those 5,000, 10% have converted to paid. They're actually paying you an annual subscription. Yes. I see. Okay. What are they paying on average per month or per year? Currently the average MRR is 20 bucks, 20 bucks. Okay. That great. is, that is about to change. How so? So when we first came out with pricing, we really didn't know what to do. So we looked at some competitors and we just price matched. Um, but as we have iterated our product and our go to market strategy and our target audience, We've identified ways to differentiate ourselves. I have $2 million worth of sales to kind of give me some idea of what this would be worth to a brand. Because as as you might understand, I mean, with our Amazon reseller business, I've talked to many, many, many brands over the last four years. So going forward, uh, this product will be available for $99 per month. And that is, so we call it the Amazon Seller Playbook. It's specifically designed for brands that want to run their own Amazon Seller Central account. And that's going to be what we're aggressively marketing for the next X number of months. I would think a long time because that's at $99 a month versus the legacy pricing of just, I think, 15 bucks a month per user. Our average MRR is going to go up significantly. Got it. So on just that recurring business, the 500 paying 240 per year on average, I mean, that's what $120,000 a year business today. Uh, yeah, right in that neighborhood. 10,000 a month. Yeah, that's great. And with, with plans change, obviously over time, as you introduce this new model. Correct. Have you bootstrapped this Trent? Sorry. Have you bootstrapped yes. this? We I love, have. love, love that. Love that. And so how many folks are on the team now today? So we have the co-founder who's the CTO. We have myself. We just hired a full-time VP of marketing. Uh, so, and then there's my wife who's also involved. And then we have, I don't know the number of developers in India that would be the CTO, but I'm going to go with three or four or five, something like that. So all told we're and some other VAs doing some content generation assistance. So, uh, somewhere around 15 people, 15 people. Do you or your wife own more equity? Uh, my wife and I own equal, <laughs> equal. The, uh, the co-founder and I. Mean so my wife and I own half and the co-founder. Uh, I see, I see it. I'm gonna say happy cap table, happy marriage. That's how it works. Right. That's how it works. <laughs> okay, so f- fifteen people, and I assume you're since you bootstrapped, you're running this profitably or right at break even. 
Uh, it was at break even for the longest time until we hired the VP of marketing and I gave her a marketing budget and now we're going to be burning through a fairly decent amount of cash. But thanks to the historical sales of my web's product, I have a reasonably decent war chest of cash and can fund it for long enough to get our unit economics on the new target audience figured out so that we can either determine what's going to be our bootstrap growth rate or do I need to go raise? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so how much burn are you comfortable stomaching per month right now as you reinvest in this marketing and growth? Are we talking 10 grand a month net burn or more? About 20. Okay. Uh, about 20. Okay, so not horrible. Yeah, it sounds like an interesting investment. Um, and, and do you have sort of the economics panned out on what your CAC looks like to get a new $500 subscriber? Sorry, sorry. So, another, uh, sorry, a new $240 a year subscriber. So that CAC, I know, uh, that CAC's about $115. Great economics. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, if, if I was to just continue to pursue more of my historical customer, um, the economics are compelling. However, the market size isn't large enough. And that's why we're still going to keep selling that stuff to those folks because it generates so much cash for us. But in order to really make the SaaS business and get the MRR or ARR really going up and to the right, we need to have a much bigger target market. And that's brands. There are, there are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of brands just in North America alone, many of whom are already on the Amazon sales channel in one way, shape or form. And many of whom are thinking, I want more control. How do I eliminate these Amazon related problems? I know how I do it. I get rid of all the third-party sellers. I open my own seller central account. I stop selling to Amazon and then I achieve control. Understanding churn economics is critical in scaling any SaaS company. When you look at your, again, annual recurring folks, what does annual churn look like? So I'm taking the numbers here from a dashboard. We use something called Chart Mogul. And according to Chart Mogul, we have gross M with our historical set of customers. Uh, gross MRR churn of 9.48% as of September with net MRR churn of 2.67% as of September. Got it. So net MRR churn of 2.5% you know, is the equivalent of net revenue retention being about 98%, which is not bad at this price point. What that what that means to bit there, Trent, is if you're churning 9 point something annually, it means you're expanding by about five or six percent to get you net revenue retention of about ninety-eight percent. What are you expanding? How are you upselling customers? Two ways. So in our new pricing table, which is not yet published, there are two factors that cause expansion. The first one is number of templates, number uh, of workflow templates allowed in an account. And the second one is number of users. We went through, um, and I forget who published it now. Um, I wish I could give credit, but there was an exhaustive study on value-based pricing in the SaaS space. You might have even read it. Maybe you know it's who it is. Probably ProfitWell. Patrick usually does those studies. I think so. It was like 150 pages long. Yeah. And I spent a good amount of time reading through what he wrote in that. And uh, that's how he came up with that pricing. Makes a lot of sense, Trent. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? So my favorite right now, and I'm in the middle of reading it, is Multipliers. Probably my favorite of all time would be The E-Myth for obvious reasons. It had a big impact on my thinking, but uh, Multipliers is one I'm particularly enjoying right now. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? 
Not one in particular, but I do as the benefit as the host of a podcast, as you might understand. <laughs> obviously, you get to interact with a lot of people, and I try and pull as many gold nuggets as I can from those conversations. What is your show, by the way? What's the title of it? And are you publishing weekly, daily? Uh, we publish weekly, so I have the Bright Ideas e-commerce podcast, and we are soon launching the Flowster podcast. Very good. And which general sense? I mean, what's an episode get in terms of downloads in the first couple of weeks? It's live. Um, I know that my show, the Bright Ideas show right now is getting according, I moved to a new host. Okay. Um, according to their stats, I'm getting about 170,000 starts per month of the, of all of the episodes. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty so, good. Uh, could be better. I, you know, I always think like same with my show, right? It's it, we're niche specific. We don't want to be serial and have a hundred million downloads of Joe Rogan, but if we can just reach the 5,000 for in your case, biggest sort of Amazon brands, that is yep. a massive win for you. You can build a hundred million dollar business on the back of that audience. Yep. So, all right. Number four, uh, number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Flowster? My favorite, well, my favorite online tool is Flowster. Well, besides uh, your own. My- <laughs> Besides my own, well, so right now I'm on a, a mission to become proficient in SEO and build an SEO team and really get our SEO and content marketing going. And I've uh, just formed a little partnership with SEM Rush, and I'm really enjoying the help that they're giving me and the tool that they've provided. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Eight. And situation, married, single. Well, we know you're married. How many kids? Any kids? Yep. One daughter. She's six. Oh, great. And how old are you? I am 50. 50. Last question, Trent. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? I wish I better understood the value of focus and patience. I was particularly impatient and you'd be amazed how fast the years go by and and you hop around too much. And I try to do too many things and try to do too many things at once. Would have loved to have had the mindset I have these days. Guys, in 2019, he built his own e-commerce brand to 3.1 million sales, started documenting all this process to help other Amazon sellers sort of do the same thing and said, you know what? I'm going to build an app for this. It's called Flowster. This was after he gave a presentation where he sold $412,000 worth of his documentation, you know, documented processes to the audience, has now codified that. 5,000 free users have tried it, 500 pay per month. They pay on average 20 bucks per month, so called 120,000 bucks in ARR. He's now about to launch more enterprise-focused pricing as they start to move upstream, all bootstrapped, uh, profitable up until recently when they started making bigger investments in marketing. Trent, we're rooting for you. And thanks for taking us to the top. Nathan, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show.